0: This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. And uh, if you missed any of these, go back and listen. Uh, last week was awesome. Uh, just go back and uh, even if you were here, it's it's great to feed on these because this is Jesus speaking to his disciples. How many are disciples in here? We're disciples of the Lord, and this is a message from Him to them uh, for them to live and walk in the kingdom of God. So it's very important that we understand these principles. And I'm going to jump right into it Matthew chapter 7, uh, verse 1. And uh, I just tell you, this first verse just hit me, and I'm going to come back to it a little bit at the end. Of the message because it was just a, a, an overflow for me in that that regard. But we're going to move on because we got two weeks. We're going to finish up Sermon on the Mount before Dr. Leon gets here. Okay, verse one: Judge not, the speaker before you, that you will not be judged. Don't know where it came from. That was the compromise version. So judge not that you be not judged for with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. This is Jesus giving a warning. And he's really given a warning to those that have grown some in the Lord. These are, uh, have some maturity about them because really to judge make a, to judge someone you have to know some things you have to know some things before you were a believer you weren't judging things probably you were running around just hey whatever goes goes I guess there was some judgment but you know, I'm not going there Okay. maybe you've learned to be a giver Maybe you learned, he said, to seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. You don't have to be concerned about you, what you wear, what you eat. Uh, the, these things, if you'll seek first his kingdom, these things will be added to you. How many want some addition in their life? These are added to you. As you get in the word, says there's a multiplying even that can increase in your life. In 1 Corinthians 8 verse 1 it says knowledge puffs up but love edifies. Something about when we get knowledge can cause us to get prideful and puffed up. I believe that's what Jesus is is telling his disciples. Look there's going to be a temptation because of the knowledge and understanding that you have to get puffed up. I remember um, a friend uh, who was uh, spent some time with uh, Brother Hagen? And he said um, that Brother Hagen told him that the biggest issue he had with uh, those graduating from Rama is that they were getting puffed up and they couldn't touch other people because they were isolating themselves, they were puffed up. And, and Brother Hagen wasn't that way at all. Jesus is saying, and you can notice if you're judging someone, maybe you don't even know the person you're making a judgment. And what we need to know, warning, warning, warning when that happens. You're, you're missing it. And you need to take action and make sure that that gets out of your life. I know that it says in the Proverbs that uh, abomination to God, uh, that proud look, just a proud look is actually a type of a judgment. You're superior. And we can't have that in the body of Christ. We got to be those that love everyone. No judgment here, amen. You may have heard words like prejudice or discrimination. It's judgment. And it doesn't matter, you know, what the skin color is. God made us all. So we cannot be a people that judge other people. In 1 Corinthians 8, verse 2, our humble hearts is from the Message Bible. Our humble hearts can help us more than our proud minds. We never really know enough until we recognize that God alone knows it all. One of the greatest days for me was when I figured out that God knows it all and I don't. I didn't have to know every answer to everything. I always tried to have an answer. You know, there's the scripture that says always have something to say. Well, that's by the Spirit. That's God speaking. That's not you. Amen? And it it brought a peace to me that he has all the answers. He's working all things together for good. Somebody should write a song about that. From the New Living Translation, it says, while knowledge makes us feel important, it is love that strengthens the church. Anyone who claims to know all the answers doesn't really know very much. But the person who loves God is the one whom God recognizes. When we think we're better than someone else, danger. Judgment's taking place. Even in the the church, you know, there can be those that have their nose up in the air. You know, someone's having trouble in the church and you... Oh, poor little Bob! If he only knew what I knew! Doesn't he know that faith is so easy? It's like eating some banana pudding. <laughs> uh, making a judgment here, and that and that same person when they have some trouble. <laughs> You know, they're looking for everything that's breathing to come over here and lay hands and pray for me. It's all different then. Many times mature believers are the greatest hindrance to what God is doing because they think they know it all. And they're very opinionated about that they know it all. In fact, that they tell us that every uh, great move of God was actually was hindered or it came against opposition from those that were in the former move. Have you ever heard of that? Because they wanted it to be the way that they always had. It's got to be this way or it's not right. I mean, know that God's bigger than that. He's got more ways than <laughs> to accomplish it and do it than we can imagine. I thought about that we had a, a truck driver come to church. He came off the street and he got gloriously saved. And all salvations are glorious when somebody comes to the Lord, but this was a demonstration uh, and, and we like those when somebody comes to the an altar and they're weeping before the Lord and, and he gives us life to, to the Lord and, you know, we're, we're excited. And I asked him, would you like to testify? And he said, yes, I would. And he said, God's been so good to me. And he, he said that, you know, his background, where he came from and just a rough life and said for him to love me and, and to let me be a part of his family. He's just going on and on. But then he got a little too excited. And then he started cursing like a demon from hell. Talking about how good God is. I mean, it's great, great testimony. But I want you to know that, thank God, this church, it was us years ago, Applauded, stood up, and gave God thanks. Didn't judge, how dare him! He cursed in church. But you know, you're carrying the Holy Spirit. Oh, what mm, okay. And I think it, it blessed me, and I think it blessed God. Wow, well, we're not, we're not judging anybody. If it wasn't for the mercy and grace of God, where would we be? In Luke chapter 6, verse 37, we see Luke's account on the Sermon on the Mount about the same uh, area. And it says in verse 36, therefore be merciful just as your father also is merciful. Say Merciful. Judge not, and you shall not be judged; condemn not and you shall not be condemned. forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you good measure press down, shaken together, running over will be put into your bosom for with the same measure that you use it will be measured to you That verse is used many times applying the money giving and it does apply the money that is the truth but Jesus is, is teaching in a general sense about giving. He's saying, if you give judgment, you're going to reap judgment. If you give condemnation, you're going to reap back condemnation. But if you give love, you're going to receive back love. If you give patience to someone, you're going to reap. I have patience but see in Matthew it doesn't say what Luke says here about pressed down, shaking together running over that means it is dangerous for me to judge someone because judgment's coming back to me Pressed down, shaking together, and running over wow. yeah. teach it, teach it, teach it. it's dangerous a dangerous place to be. Jesus telling us whatever you give you're going to get back much more than you gave. So it's important what we give. If you give that judgment you're in problems. You got problems. I'll tell you why in a minute. But I I thank God that we can use that in the good respect. I can give that Forgiveness. I can give somebody some money and bless them. I can give love away and receive a harvest of love overflowing back to me. In verse 3, back to Matthew 7, I want you to keep that, what we just read uh, in mind about this saying comes back to you. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye But do not consider the plank or the beam in your own eye. Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye and look, a plank is in his own eye. Now, eye here represents the, the mind. Remember, sin is of the soul. When you sin as a believer, it's of the soul, not of the spirit. Your mind, will, and emotions. That's where you're sinning from the soul. And we have here, it looks like a person could be coming with good intentions, it looks like on the outside. But he's got this big pole sticking out of his eye. Now I used to illustrate this. I had brought a, a pole in. I had up here in my eye, I'm walking around like this. Anybody like me to do get a little splinter out of your eye? <laughs> this pole up here. Now, I used to think, well, the splinter guy, it must not be too serious what he did. But what the Lord showed me, that wasn't it. Because anytime you judge someone, you're reaping back a beam. Because there's only one who can judge And that's God. And you're taking the place of God. That's the reason you can't judge. Only God knows the heart. Only God can judge. Now let me give you some peace. There is something that we can judge. Everybody say fruit. Okay. I just want to throw that out there. Give you a little bit of peace. Why are you judging the speck in your brother's eye? Consider, consider what you're doing. If I'm coming with the wrong heart, wrong motive, judging him, I have reaped a beam and I'm not doing him any good. Because with that beam in my, my, my eye, I'm gonna poke him in his eye, and he's gonna have he's gonna need healing from my ministry to him. And that's not a good report. Pastor Bob went to minister to someone. We're praying for the one he ministered to because he hurt them and harmed them. They're suffering. (laughs) They're in pain. (laughs) don't judge the splinter in his eye and reap a beam in your eye. Years ago, a man uh, left our church and he he did a tour of other churches. And he really just gossiped and and lied so much about me. It, it, it It was pretty crazy what he was saying. He took advantage of people and stuff and, Uh, I had a choice. I'm either going to forgive or I'm going to reap a beam in my eye. As I'm going to judge, there's a fine line. You judge the behavior or you're judging the person. And that's when you cross over judging the person, you're judging according to what Jesus is talking about and you're going to reap back judgment. But anyway, I was, you know, I was so shocked and uh, I was just uh, amazed at this person doing that and these other churches, pastors are calling me. You know, such and such. Yeah, well, they said this about, and I just had to really guard my heart and not to bring a judgment against them. I'm not perfect in this. I did have uh, uh, another person who just blatantly, like, I mean, this is like Pastor Bob doesn't believe the Bible type stuff. He wouldn't believe. And I was just so shocked and so perplexed that I said these words. It scared me after I said, it. I said, I don't believe they're saved. And I immediately knew. I was with one other person when I said, I immediately knew. I'm going to God's woodshed. I, I mean, I, this ain't, I mean, it's, it's over. I know it's over. I got home. So, oh God, I'm sorry. I said, you judge him. you judged him spiritually. I said. I said, God, I repent. I repent. I was repenting all the way home before I got there. But I still had to go to the woodshed. And maybe you never received a spanking from God, but I've had plenty. I did in the natural growing up. Every time we went to church, I got a spanking. I mean, it's just, we, the church I went to was a church that believed in having the kids in there uh for the adult service and i was i mean it was just a spanking it was just a, I, I, I can imagine what i did my parents because i would want to well let me draw you know they didn't have all the tools you got today and now they just were giving me a phone or you know or ipad or something I'd, but yeah, you know, I'm messing up their, their cards and drawing. They did say no. And went, finally my dad said, here. <laughs> he said, draw, because I'm wearing him out. But it, even then, I mean, I just, I, I told you that the offering come by. I'm excited about giving, but I'm, in my excitement, I put in with the communion elements. I crawl under the pews. I I was a rascal. I mean, I crawl under the pews and I I come up. I don't know where I'm coming up. I'm coming up and this lady, I, I feel for her. I came up in between her legs and I'm going, I'm looking for the plate. And she is horrified looking at me. I hear my dad, Bobby, and I said, I got to get it. I'm chasing it down and and finally one of the men came over with the plate for me and I, I'm grabbing my coins out of the crackers and everything. I'm pretty sure they threw it away after that. I, I hope so. I I don't know what that has to do with the message but anyway. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> spankings, spankings. Yeah, spankings in the spirit. So I I am a professional spanker receiver. (laughs) And it did not stop after I got saved. It has slowed down, thank God. I have learned a few things along the way. spanker Spanker receiver. I received, I received. So we want to let God judge a person. This is something Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5.16. This is not in your notes because I'm added it this morning. 2 Corinthians 5.16 is Paul speaking. We regard no one according to the flesh. Paul got to the point. He didn't judge anyone to the point. He didn't even judge anyone to the flesh anymore. He just saw them in Christ or out of Christ. If they're in Christ, you're brother. If you're out of Christ, I'm an ambassador to minister to you. That's the way that Paul was. In fact, when others came to Paul and they were talking about Apollos, evidently, Paul wasn't the greatest uh, a speaker, and uh, Apollo was really good, whatever, and they, they probably thought Apollo was much more anointed than, than Paul. And they were judging Paul. And, and Paul said. I, I pay no attention to your judgment. He said. I don't even judge myself. <laughs> so he says. I don't judge no one. I receive no judgment from no one. And I don't even judge myself. Only him. We won't. We're responsible before the Lord. And he knows our heart. And from the message bible it says we don't evaluate people by what they have or how they look i'm not going to let race your race your color your gender the things in the natural realm identify you to me refuse it no way It's what the scriptures tell us In verse 5, it says, hypocrite, first remove the plank from your own eye, then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eyes. The best thing you can do to minister to someone is remove the judgment or the beam out of your own eye. If God has to give you a recording of all the dumb, stupid stuff that you've done, let it be. Let it be. No. No. Judging others blinds you. You're not in the place to help anyone else. We are to help our brother to get the splinter out without creating the log in our own eye. That's what Jesus is warning them. You're gonna to minister to someone and you're going there could be judgment and try and come in, and you've got to know my heart for them and you can never judge. You get a splinter in your foot. And you want to pull it out with the least possible pain, correct? Yes. Well, that's what we want to do for our brother or sister we minister to. We want to pull it out the least amount of pain yes. and love on them. Yes. First Corinthians two fifteen: The spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. Himself not to be judged. That he judges all things. The spiritual person judges all things. Notice it says things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A person is not a thing. If you're spiritual, you'll judge all things. So let me put it this way. You can judge the sin a person has committed without judging him. And that's how you get the splinter out. We don't ignore sin, but we judge sin. But we don't let that sin, if you're a believer, you can't identif- let that be your identity. You can't judge yourself as I lied, now you're a liar. You can't take that identity. That's the reason you tell your kids when they do something wrong, you deal with the behavior. You don't say they lied to you. You don't go, you're a liar. You're identifying them. You're judging them. No, what do you do? You lied. That's not you. We in the Thomas family, we don't lie, and that's what you say. We we love God, and we don't lie. But see, there there's that line. I remember my parents, and we were kind of raised that way. My parents, why would you do that, Bobby? Well, I've already told you. And then finally, you you think oh, I must not have the right answer. So I don't know. And sometimes. I didn't know. I, I don't know why I did that. I just felt like picking up a rock and throwing it at my friend. I don't know. I don't know. That's some other stories. I mean, I got hit in the head. I come in bleeding all over. What happened to you? We were throwing rocks at each other. Now you can understand you know, my jokes and where I'm coming from. Okay. Hallelujah, for redemption. (laughs) So you judge sin a person, you help them get the impurity out without hurting them. But I'm not out to fix them. And I used to think that I wanted to fix everyone. I realized I can't fix no one. Only God can, only God can. And so it's not my job it's not my job to fix a person. It's my job to serve a person. Mm. It's the word in there. Don't try and fix them, serve them. And you, you get the tools, you get to splinter out and they're encouraged, they're strong. It's their walk with the Lord. You can't do it for them. So how we get this point out? Galatians 6, 1 said, Brethren, if a man's overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself lest you also be tempted. The biggest temptation is not the sin, not the thing, the fault that that person has. The temptation is not to be puffed up in pride. Well, I would never do that or I'm better than that, I'm better than them is to judge because knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. Who's to pull the splinter out? It says in um, First Corinthians 3, 1 Corinthians 3.1, and I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual people but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. A spiritual person here is a mature person, one in fellowship with God. If you're not in fellowship with God, you got other issues. You need to get right with God. But a spiritual person walking with the Lord, not perfect, but walking with God, is the one that comes and ministers to this one overtaken in this trespass. The spiritual ones are the ones that restore. Restore here is a medical term which means to reset a dislocated bone. Now, dislocated bone is very painful. But when a believer is out of fellowship, has gotten in the sin, he's dislocated. It doesn't say that his bones are, are broken. Because in, in Psalms 34 20 It says he keeps all his bones Not one is broken We're part of the body of Christ Your bones aren't broken But if you're out of fellowship you are Dislocated And it's painful And those that are spiritual Are the ones that are to come And restore you in the spirit of Meekness or gentleness Learning Meekness being teachable spirit But being patient with them and loving to them, considering yourself lest also you're tempted. So if I don't know, I can be given over to the, to temptation to be puffed up and judge a person. This this must be real. Or Jesus wouldn't have told us. I need to be aware of this, that this is a possibility for any of us. And we got to be alert to it. In Galatians uh, 2, it says, Bear one another's burdens, so fulfill the law of Christ. The law of Christ is the love of God. For if anyone thinks himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. <laughs> Do you think yourself to be something? Well, no, it's him. What's good in us is him. Amen. Amen. So we come along, we help carry the load. The law of Christ is to love others as yourself, part of the great commandment. And don't get prideful. Remember those that have helped you along the way, those that have been patient and kind to you, merciful to you. Judging someone has never helped them. It always causes the opposite effect. No one wants to be judged. Amen? Verse 4, but let each one examine his own work, then... He will have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another, for each one shall bear his own load. The word load there is, or the it's the word burden, is very, very light load. The same thing when you're uh, weary and heavy laden, you go to the Lord, he will give you what? Rest. Take your yoke, his yoke upon you. He'll give you rest because his yoke is Easy, and his burden is light. I heard one minister say, just a fountain pen maybe, just very, very light. That's the burden of the Lord. Wow. That's, that's good news there. But when you're out of fellowship, your burden gets heavier and heavier until you reach a point, you got to have some people helping you. And it's okay to need help. Sometimes we've all needed help. absolutely get help verse 6 do not give what is holy to the dogs nor cast your pearls before swine lest they trample them under their feet and turn and tear you into pieces pigs and dogs are types of unbelievers and this uh, the pearls is talking about the word of God the revelation what God speaks to you many times we'll get uh, a revelation from God we want to go find the first person we talk to and just you know wow just pour it on them And if they're an unbeliever, you've done no good for them. The whole issue of an unbeliever and Jesus is wanting to keep his focus is salvation. Get them saved. I remember my sister one time, I laid this revelation. I was so excited. I was over her house. I'm just pouring on this revelation. I I left and and the Lord ministered to me and said, you just hurt your sister I said why said she cannot do what you just ministered to her to do because she doesn't even know me turned around went back and I said I was wrong let me tell you about Jesus (laughs) let's keep it simple amen yeah, that's what this is, is talking about. In Matthew, jumped on me, back to verse seven. Ask and it will be given unto you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone that asks, receives. He who seeks, finds. To him who knocks, it will be opened. Amazing promise of God. He is He is promising if you ask, you will receive. If you seek, you will find. If you knock, it'll be open for you. Now we've all had experiences where we've asked of God, we didn't didn't see the the answer and we're wondering why. Now one of the things is James 4.1, you ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. He may ask not nah, according to the word of God. And we have to pray according to God's will, according to God's word. So we need to learn some things about His word. And I believe when we're, we're babies, God answers some things that, you know, aren't exactly perfect according to the scripture, but God answers them, because He's a good father. prayer must be according to God's word. He's not going to kill someone because you prayed for God to kill someone. (laughs) He's not going to do it. He loves them. Adultery, robbery are not providing what Jesus did at the cross. God give me the wisdom, go rob this bank. I promise to give it all to you. Lie, lie, pants on fire. Liar, liar, pants on fire. Believing God for a raise to buy your new boat. But no concern about giving to the kingdom of God in the master's business. Is God really gonna bless you when you have no love for him or what he's doing in the earth but they increase his family or bless his family? Heart motives, missing it. Verse nine or what man is there among you who, if the son asks for bread, will he give him a stone? If he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? If you then be evil, know how to give good gifts to your children? How much more will your Father, who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? You can trust God. His word is absolute truth. So you can ask according to his word, and he said, you receive. Everybody say, period. period. That's, what he, that's what he said. So why haven't we received? Well, who told you you didn't receive? Well, I didn't see it. I didn't feel it. I, I didn't smell it. Hold it. You're talking about five physical senses. We're talking about the spirit realm where God said, yes, it's yours. It's in the spirit realm. What brings it from the spirit realm to this natural realm is faith. Oh, pastor, are you saying that it's my fault? Yes. Because, and we're all in the same boat. Any place that we haven't received what God has promised to us, and we've asked and believed in, I don't believe the issue for us not receiving is on God's part. That's all. It gives me peace knowing that he's an unchangeable God. His word doesn't change. And that what he says in his word, he means. He said, you ask according to his word. You can have faith and know that he's heard. And you have the petition. You receive. Well, does that mean we go beat up someone because uh, they didn't receive? No, we'd have to beat all of us up because we're all walking this out. We're all in process. Amen. That's the reason we show mercy to each other and we love each other because we're all in all in process. Oh, not me, Pastor. I'm not in process. No, you happen to be in more process than a lot of people here probably. Hmm. Then verse 12, he says, therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. Whatever you want men to do to you, you do to them. Or we call it the golden rule. The tree scripture. Treat others the way you want to be treated. And then... I had never seen this before when I was studying and out. I go, he's gone back. And he's talking about judgment kind of, the way you want people to treat you, treat them. How would you want to be treated? Merciful or judgmentally? <laughs> How about everybody say mercy? Mark 12, verse 30, it says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, all your mind, with all your strength. This is first commandment. And the second like it is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There's no other commandment greater than these. This is it. Everything hinges on this. So I put down, it's back on the judging situation. I put down... Uh, Couple of things here. When we are blind with judgment, we're not qualified to help another person. We're not qualified. Number two, we are to judge behavior and not the person. We deal with the behavior, but we don't judge the person. Number three, the way to truly help someone else is to remove judgment from your life. Get the judgment out and your ministry will take off the others. Next, a spiritual person comes to restore a person without judgment with the least amount of pain in the love of God. And once you start walking in the love of God, you see through everything that they've done anyway. You just love the person. You start getting the father's heart. Next, if you cannot minister in love, you're not ready to minister. And that's what Jesus is saying. And I thought about Matthew 18:15. If your brother sins against you, go and show him his fault. This is a little different one. <laughs> Just between the two of you, if he listens, you have won your brother over, and then you know you you go back to someone else, but. I was saying that you need a heart check before you go confront someone else about their fault. You need to do a little heart check. And I put down here, are you trying to win the argument? What's your motive here? Are you trying to get the last word? Are you trying to get even? Are you promoting peace or conflict? Do you have his welfare totally in mind? Will this negatively affect the person's self-worth? We got to be gentle with people and love people. And I believe this church, I mean, we're, we got a lot of love here. It's an awesome, awesome family here. And then I was, the Lord laid on my heart this morning about the blessing, to read the blessing, but we sang the blessing. Amen. So we're not going to, uh, I'm not going to read that to you. Let's bow our heads for a moment. First, I want to give an invitation to anyone who doesn't know Jesus Christ. He died for you. He went to a cross. He paid a debt for all your sins. Every place that you missed it, he paid the price. He paid a debt that we could never through all eternity pay because God's a holy God and you must be pure and righteous to be in his presence. But Jesus took our place and paid that debt for us. Because of what he did, he made a way for us to be a part of the family of God. We put our faith and our trust in the cross and what Jesus did. The reason you can go to heaven is because of what Jesus did. The reason you get there is because you make Jesus your Lord. You receive him as savior, he comes And he rescues you from a place of eternal damnation called hell. But he wants you to live with him forever and ever. It's simple. You just mean it from your heart. Just repeat this prayer after me. Dear God, I thank you for Jesus. I turn my life and my heart completely over to you, Lord. I believe that you died on the cross, that you were raised from the dead, and you are seated at the right hand of the Father God. And now I invite Jesus into my life. Have all of me, Lord, all of me. I want that new life. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for taking my sins and my guilt and my shame my fears thank you for loving me so much that even when I didn't know you, you still paid the price for me thank you Lord, I receive you now Jesus name and now if no one looking around, I have another invitation, if you realize that you've been judging and walking in judgment and it can easily sneak up on you I want you to Let that thing go. I want you to repent and say, Lord, I repent for judging others. I don't want to take your place, God. Only you can judge the heart. And Lord, I I will judge fruit, but with your help and your strength, I'll not judge that person. I'll not get prideful and consider myself above them or superior or better than them. I'll be merciful just the way I would want it, Lord, if I was in the same position. I receive your forgiveness. Just receive his forgiveness right now. And he cleanses you from all unrighteousness all of it gone and you stay alert to every temptation the enemy would try and bring to you to bring judgment into your life Father we thank you and we praise you that Jesus was judged in our place and that we stand before you as new creations the righteousness of God in Christ that Lord we are yours now 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 on this earth, we're a part of the family of God, part of the families in heaven that parts here, but we're together in Christ Jesus. And we give you all glory and praise. Jesus' name. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest... Please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll-free at 866-383-8277. You, oh Lord, I'm